And welcome to Hall Ball, a Seton Hall men's basketball podcast for the fans, by the fans. It is Wednesday, February 24th, a few hours before Seton Hall at 13-9, tips off at Butler 7-13. Vegas line is set at Seton Hall as a 7.5-point favorite on the road at Butler. What that tells me is more than likely that Thompson, Hodges, and the forward Enzi, who missed last game, are going to probably be out again tonight. You typically wouldn't see Seton Hall as this big of a favorite on the road at Butler in historic Hinkle Fieldhouse. It's a 7 p.m. tip on CBS Sports Network. Want to dive back into the first meeting at the Rock. Seton Hall 68, Butler 60. Aaron Thompson was out in that game for Butler. He's our senior leader at guard. If you're looking back at the box score for Seton Hall in that game, Sandro Mamakalashvili dominated with 24 points, 9 rebounds. Had a strong game from Jared Roden with 19 points, 7 boards. Miles Kale contributed with 7 points. Shavar Reynolds had 10 points. Now in this game for Butler, Golden had 9 points. Harris, 11 points, 3 or 4 from 3. Tate, 22 points, 5 of 8 from 3. And Bolden, 10 points, 2 of 5 from 3. So again, we're looking at the three-point shooting for Butler. They shot the ball well from three against Seton Hall. This is something that could not happen again tonight if Seton Hall wants to go into Hinkle Fieldhouse and leave with a victory. So clearly Butler has the ability to shoot the three. If you go back to that game at the Rock, Butler made it a really tight game in the second half. It was a two-three-point game with two, three minutes left in the game, and Seton Hall was able to pull away in that final two minutes. But you don't want to let a team like this hang around against you tonight, especially on the road. I think for Seton Hall, the game plan for tonight's game, especially with Enzi, the forward out for Butler, is give Sandro the ball, let him attack the rim. Sandro's been playing extremely well and extremely aggressive the last two games. He dominated against Butler the first time. I expect more of the same in this matchup tonight. Now, Miles Kale for Seton Hall, he struggled the last few games in terms of his scoring and his outside shooting. When you're a senior and you only have a few regular season games left in terms of making the tournament and they're all important, this is a time to step up. So this is essentially calling out Miles Kale. The kid has so much ability and, and you see it from time to time. He was a highly touted recruit, a four-star recruit from Delaware. And he has games where you're just like, wow, this, this kid is really putting it all together. He's good. But you just don't see it enough on a consistent basis. If this team is going to make the tournament... They're going to need some of the stronger Miles Kale games that he had earlier in the season. He's going to have to show up tonight, make some shots, and really help this team. Another key in this game, Shavar Reynolds cannot pick up early fouls again into foul trouble. More than likely, Bryce Aiken is going to be out again tonight. I think it's almost a lock that Bryce Aiken's out tonight. But you really need Shavar to stay on the court in this game. Jahari Long has been getting a little better for the Pirates in terms that he's seeing more minutes and he's getting more comfortable in terms of flowing with the offense and not turning the ball over. But it's a lot to ask for a freshman point guard to play significant minutes in a road environment in the Big East. It's not like Seton Hall had a strong at a conference where they were playing a vast majority of games. They played good opponents, but with that being said, when you're playing these top teams in the non-conference schedule, it's hard to work in your freshman and get them minutes, like Dominguez Stevens and Jahari Long. Jahari Long didn't have the benefit, as we've said numerous times on the other pods, of having that traditional offseason in terms where he could really develop the traditional non-conference schedule where Seton Hall does play their good teams, but they also play some of their easier teams. Like last year, they played Florida A&M. So he hasn't really had those tune-up 
opportunities where he can get in and really play minutes, and he's and he's really having to play on the fly in the conference, which is not easy playing major minutes as a guard as a freshman in the Big East. So obviously you want Shavar to be in the game as much as possible. Jahari Long is going to have to come in and spell Shavar at times. But if Shavar gets into early foul trouble, it will put Seton Hall in trouble. So real fast, I want to look around the league um, for some of the action last night. The Connecticut game at Georgetown, UConn won on the road. That game, as we talked about in the last pod, will definitely impact uh, Seton Hall moving forward. In the loss column, UConn and Seton Hall both have the same number of losses in the conference at six, and they meet up at the Rock next week. You also had Villanova getting revenge on St. John's for their loss on the road. They won. They came back, responded at home with a strong effort against the Johnnies. Tonight around the league, you have Marquette playing at North Carolina, Creighton at home against the pole, and you have Xavier on the road at Providence, which is a big game in the Big East standings with Xavier sitting at number four and Seton Hall at number three. So if you're a Seton Hall fan, you're rooting for Providence tonight, but you also need the Hall to take care of business on the road, which they should. If Seton Hall, Seton Hall loses tonight's game, basically any hope of making the NCAA tournament goes out the window. This isn't a quad two loss. This would be a quad three loss on the road with Butler missing three of their biggest contributors. This is absolutely a game that Seton Hall must win. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And from what I think is going to happen, especially with how Seton Hall played against Butler last time, there's a clear path to victory in this game. The clear path to victory in offense is you give the ball to Sandro. They couldn't stop Sandro last time with her full complement of forwards, and their best forward, best big man is out in this game. You have to let him attack. The way Sandro's played the last two games, I see no signs of him slowing down offensively. Now, your other key is defending the three. And we say this over and over again with these Seton Hall teams, but it's so important. And if you look back at the box score like we did earlier in the podcast for the last time that Seton Hall met up with Butler, Butler shot the ball well from three, and you had Tate from Butler keep them in the game late. Like we said, it was a two, three-point game with two, two to three minutes left in the game at home. And this is with their senior leader, Aaron Thompson, out. Obviously, in this game, you, you're going to expect to miss more players than Thompson. They're expecting Hodges and Enzi to both be out along with Aaron Thompson. So that's three huge contributors for this Butler team. That's why the line is set at seven and a half. Like I said, on the Georgetown preview, typically Vegas is right when they set their line. Obviously, they were wrong when Seton Hall went to Georgetown. Georgetown got the win. But... Vegas isn't wrong more times than not when they set these lines, and I am going to stick with what Vegas has on this game, and I'm going to expect Seton Hall to pull out a victory, and I do think it will be in the range of about six to eight points. I I don't think it's going to be a last possession type of a game. I think it'll be a tight game throughout, but I think Seton Hall will pull away as it gets later in the second half, especially if they can defend the three and establish Sandro down low. Now, if you can get some improved three-point shooting on the Seton Hall side, which has been lacking in a few games, especially if you can get Kale to contribute 14 to 16 points, you get a double-figure game from Jared Roden, you get Shavar scoring about 8 to 10 points, I think Seton Hall comes away with this win. And it's a win, frankly, that we need. Every win right now is important. 
You can't predict what these other bubble teams are doing. And if you want to make the NCAA tournament, you have to win games. This is absolutely a game that you cannot afford to lose on the road. You win this game, gives you 11 wins in the league. You're 11 and 6. And then you have a chance with two more games, one being at home, one being at road, on the road, to get to 12 or 13 wins in the league in the regular season. Now, is it reasonable to expect Seton Hall to win all three of these games? No. But... Can they go two and one? Absolutely. Every single one of these games coming up is games Seton Hall can win. But it's not that easy to go win on the road at St. John's. Yeah, St. John's lost to DePaul on Saturday night. But you've seen glimpses this year, like the like the St. John's Villanova game, where St. John's looks like a really good team. You've seen Connecticut with Booknight, completely different team. So these are all tough games moving forward for the Pirates. Again, like we said in the last podcast, the easiest path for Seton Hall to getting to 12 wins was beating Georgetown and beating Butler. And granted, yeah, they're both on the road, which doesn't make it easy, but they're games that if you're going to be a tournament team, you have to win. Like John Rothstein said before the Seton Hall-Georgetown game, you have to beat the teams that you are supposed to beat. It sounds simple, and frankly it is. If you beat the teams that you're better than and you upset a team or two there, more than likely you're going to be in a good position at the end of the year. And Seton Hall has put themselves in a position. This is a game that they have to get on the road. It's a game that I think they do get on the road. So lastly, you had an update from Seton Hall Athletics regarding tickets for the home game March 3rd at 6.30 against Connecticut, which will be senior night. They put out a statement yesterday saying that, you know, you can fill out an application. They sent out an email regarding a ticket application going to students, Pirate Blue donors, and season ticket holders. So I'm not sure how many people are going to be applying for the tickets. I'm assuming that a lot of people, especially students, are going to want to go um, to support the seniors. And as a Seton Hall student, especially as a senior, it's your last chance to go to a game. So I do encourage all the students to apply for tickets and go and give these guys a nice showing for their senior night. Again, I think everyone's happy that you could finally go to a sporting event in New Jersey. I'm sure there's going to be Seton Hall fans who really want to go to the game who don't get selected in the lottery. I myself filled out an application for a ticket, and obviously I would like to go, but if I don't get selected, I am hoping that a lot of the students who did submit an application for tickets get to go. It's a big part of the college experience, and like I said, uh, these seniors really do deserve their classmates and people who have supported them and people who they've known their four years on campus to be at the games for them. So with that being said, we're going to wrap up the preview podcast. A short preview, um, but again, it's pretty cut and dry what Seton Hall needs to do in tonight's game. Feed Sandro, defend the three, take care of business. Doesn't have to be pretty, just get the win. This time of the year, it's all about surviving and advancing. I think the Pirates do that tonight. And with that being said, we will talk to you in a few days recapping the Seton Hall-Butler game. It's a few hours before tip-off. You'll have plenty of time to listen before the game. And let's go, Pirates.